Hello and welcome wherever you are, wherever you go. If you go to Slava's Instagram account, you will see his regular motto, no home, no job, no dramas. Which is extremely fitting, because Slava is a totally chill dude who has left his job and now travels full time across the globe. He is slowly building a pretty solid Instagram account about his travels, where he not only shares amazing sights and delicious food he comes across, but also helps to demystify all the ideas you can have about solo travelers. Listen to him describe his new way of life on the road, what started him on this path, and all the tips and tricks that can help you on your future adventures. Enjoy! Hey Slava, thanks for joining us today. So how are you, man? No worries, mate. Thanks for uh, having me. It's great to be here. So the best way I can describe you is as a professional traveler, right? And as such, I can imagine how valuable your time is. And uh, to start with, maybe you can say some words to introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a professional traveler. I don't I don't really know what that means. Um, <laughs> I am a traveler. I am uh, basically, I've been on the road for the last two years, um, kind of fell into it uh, during the pandemic. I got locked out from the country that I was living in. I couldn't come back there. And I decided to, what the heck, why not make my dream come true? You know, like I always, I always been thinking about um, traveling around and like a long, long term doing like a long term nomading thing. And that was just a great opportunity. And, and that's, that's what I've been doing for the last two years. It was mainly focused in Europe. That's where we met. I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah, we met in Alicante in Spain, like more than six months ago. Uh, it was during a couch offing hangout. Since then, I followed your travels through Instagram stories and pictures and videos with uh, great interest. Well, thank you for following. This is something that you know I've been I've been putting a lot of focus on because you know I realized that I do see a lot of cool stuff. I have some cool experiences, and I want to share it around and share my you know knowledge that I actually collect while I go because so many people actually ask me a lot of questions. It seems like a lot of people. Do do want to travel so it's great to be a an inspiration to people i guess yeah i bet so yeah that's 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 really good yeah okay so six months later can you tell me where you are now because i guess you have covered a lot of kilometers since then yeah so this year i was actually in uh, 17 or 18 countries i think i might be getting one one off <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it was again, mostly in Europe. Right now, I am just taking a, I mean, I was taking a break from traveling for the past month and I was staying with my family in Israel. And this is actually my last week. It's The break is almost over and I'll be on my way next week, starting another chapter. <laughs> yeah, last time I checked, you were in Romania, right? Well, my Instagram and my socials are a bit uh, lagging behind where I actually am because I struggle to keep it up. Uh, I mean, I, I struggle to update it live because most of the time when I travel, I try not to spend too much time on my phone. I mean, I take photos and I take videos and even that kind of takes away from the experience of being present in the moment a lot of the times. So I try to have those experiences, experiences as much as I can raw first. And whenever I do get the time, actually... Uh, you know, process it and edit it and write the story, make it presentable. This takes a lot of work, something that I realized, you know, I, 
when I was thinking about social media, just when I started traveling, I thought, oh, well, this is going to be easy. You know, I'm just going to put a few photos and, you know, write a few things. Here I am, put a few stories and going to become uh, <laughs> world known influencer. No worries, you know, and, you know, that's 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 not the case. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It yeah. is a full time job. Yeah. So it takes it takes some time for me to actually catch up on my uh content so romania just for the context uh romania was somewhere in the end of august yeah so today we're almost in december this is end of november so it's about three months behind and <laughs> that's that's how it goes yeah where's gonna be the next uh, destination then so after i mean the actual one or the one that's uh, gonna follow on the on the social because i'm, I'm, uh... I'm going like in uh in no, the, I'm trying to go in a chronological way of the, of the storytelling. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll discover uh, what will be on Instagram later. But uh, wh where are you going next uh, in the near future after Israel? Yes, so I'm I'm going to I'm going I'm flying to Australia. But this is going to take you more than Romania, right? Um, well, I don't actually have a plan. <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, if we talked about it when we met, but I actually used to live in Australia. That's where I was kind of blocked out of during the pandemic. I used to live in Australia and I used to have a settled life there. And basically me going there is is a bit of a, I'm going to go and sort out, some, sort out some loose ends that were left when I kind of didn't manage to come back. So um. There's some stuff that I have to take mm. care of, and after that, we'll see. I I don't really know, because I don't I don't have an intention of settling back there, but I do uh I do want to maybe spend some time there traveling around because uh, it's uh, the summer is starting in Australia, so it's a good time to be there. Mm. Yeah, so I might I might just take advantage of that, but after that, I am uh, basically aiming to go to Asia, Southeast Asia, and most, I mean, high on my list is India. So you are going to work your way through Asia yeah. in direction of Europe, more, more or less, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, now, now the way that I travel is like i check uh i check where is it the cheapest to go to <laughs> because at the moment i don't i don't have a an income which is you know consistent hopefully i'll manage to scale up my social media to something that will at least make this lifestyle sustainable but i'm 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 not there yet <laughs> yeah i understand so how much do you prepare actually before a trip i mean you you seem you have the destination but you don't have a plan like for every day every week where you're going to go you you just go with the flow right not anymore no i mean you see the the different way that i used to travel when when you travel when you have a certain period of time that you have it's let's say you, you're going on a vacation the vacation is going to be three weeks or or two weeks or whatever it is that's where you got to plan because you have limited time i don't actually have a limited time anymore because i don't i'm not i don't have a job i'm not employed anywhere and uh, i don't live anywhere and i just can go as long or as short as i as i please basically so i have a general idea i have a direction i don't exactly have a plan i just have a direction 
And once I get there, I kind of see how I go and I, I, I check the situation and I recalculate accordingly. I didn't used to travel like that. This, this is something relatively new for me. I used to be quite stressed about this kind of stuff. I used to be the planner. Uh -huh. I used to research things and I used to plan things ahead. And I used to deal with all that anxiety in the past. And I'm glad to say that I'm not anymore. I've learned to let go. And this is one of the best things that actually I, I gained from traveling, you know, from traveling full time. Mm -hmm. Because I realized that, you know, things are going to go wrong. Plants are going to derail. And you just got to let go. Trust yourself. Trust uh, that you, you will be able to, to deal with it. Trust that other people will help you. And kind of stop worrying about things that may or may not happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Australia, Asia, and later on India. So it's going to be very interesting to follow you. Let, let's go back to just the beginning. So you said that before the pandemic, you were not such traveler yeah, because you had a, your job. I guess you had a, over commitments. If, if you can pinpoint a, a travel, which was really memorable for you, I would want to mention my basically it's it's it, it wasn't my first travel it, it was a destination which was definitely unique for the time because I was very young it was maybe about 15 years ago I was just starting I was just starting my uh, career in tech and I got sent for training through my back then job I started working with a Japanese company and they sent me for a month of training in Japan. Wow. I was 23. I was totally overwhelmed. You know, I landed there and I was just, I, I remember getting off the bus from the airport and, you know, the bus dropped us off. I mean, I remember stressing out on the bus about how, Am I even going to know where the stop is? <laughs> Because everything was in Japanese, mm. you know? And I remember I was stressing out about it even before leaving. And I tried to write down the name of the station. So, you know, that was way before smartphones and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I actually tried to, to try and memorize that because, you know, that was, that was the level of preparedness that I was trying to do. I was, I was trying to learn some words in Japanese and I, and I was trying to do like all this homework to go to this place. And, and I mean, nothing prepared me to the feeling that I got when I, when I landed there, I, I literally felt like I landed on a different planet. It was so different from anything that I ever knew. And it was crazy. And I wasn't traveling by myself. It wasn't like a solo travel and none of that. We traveled with a several um, with several colleagues of mine. So it was quite a big group of us. But still, the difference of the culture and the difference of everything that was going on there, I was like, okay, this is really, really interesting, you know. And back then, I, I wouldn't say that then I was like, okay, I'm going to become a traveler and travel the world. No. That was still just just the beginning, but that was the first time when I um, that was the first time when I was uh, when I met a new culture, totally different from mine, and I was very intrigued and I was very interested, yeah. and and from there you know it started slowly 
slowly growing that seed was planted because I knew that, you know, there's, there's so much out there, you know, that I don't know. Mm. And the only way to find out is just to go and have a look for yourself and, and try and experience mm. that, you know? So this travel was for work. That's how I started. Like my first travels was for work. And then actually when I started, had another job, which was much more about travel, that was probably the thing that accelerated my okay. wanderlust bug because a couple of years after I, I was working for another company, which was basically 75% of it was travel. And that was, that was what flipped me because I started that job and, you know, people were asking me about all these travels and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I traveled for work. I travel for work. I used to say that. And after a while that flipped because the work was fine, but what I cared about was the travel. And I started mm. saying to people that I work for the travel. I work there for the travel. I don't really like, I, I don't necessarily love that job, but because it lets me travel and it lets me go to new places that I would never go to. Like, I mean, I could go to, but back then that, that seemed to me impossible. I mean, I thought that, you know, if, if you don't have a company that's going to send you somewhere, like, how would you even go, you know? It was, it was the beginning, but then it started growing. That was the accelerator. Good deal, yeah, to have a job which sends you on travels. However, you were not able to choose the destination, right? Yes, yes. I mean, mostly, yes. Uh, yeah. So, and since then, so when you choose a destination, where what, what interests you? first and foremost like the history of the place nature landscapes nightlife well um yeah i mean yes <laughs> the answer is yes uh i mean all of it but in, in different in different uh levels i guess I'm, i'm definitely more interested in the human experience so i'm interested in culture i'm interested in food i mean whatever people eat this is a big big, big thing about cultures and about humans. I'm interested in the history of the place, of how the people who lived there came to be and about their history, what happened there, what wars did they have, what struggles they went through, et cetera, et cetera. And well, nature, obviously, I'm, I love nature, but I wouldn't say that I'm like, I'm going to places for for the nature you know i love it i love going i love going and seeing beautiful places but i'm more i'm more excited about meeting goals you know experiencing lives and learning about you know their customs their language i'm 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 a language fan as well i mean not to a point where i'll mm -hmm speak fluently or put too much time into it but wherever i go i try to have the lo the most local experience i can yeah. get i guess i mean it's obviously i'm not a local and i'm still a foreigner but i'm trying to you know when i go to a place it, it comes always well it starts for me with the food and, and beverage basically you know i'm a i'm a beer fan i'm a i'm a fan of craft beers and i'm a fan of of that kind of stuff so wherever i go to I try to drink local, you know, I want to drink the local beers, the local producers, I want to drink as much, uh, sorry, I want to eat as much uh, traditional local food as I, as I can, because this is my chance mm -hmm. to learn. Of course, you can have burgers and pizzas and pastas everywhere, right? I mean, but what's, what's the point of eating them? 
in let's say i don't know in turkey or in china or whatever like there's so much authentic food there that you know you i want to try i want to i want to get familiar with that you know <laughs> absolutely when you travel how do you connect with the locals usually uh well i mean there's uh with the locals well with the locals there's uh there's well couchsurfing how we met this is mm -hmm. uh this is a good um and easy easy option to to get involved but it doesn't always work it really depends where you go a very very a good thing that works for me i go to bars i just go to some bar mm -hmm. <laughs> that you know usually it's around as i said craft beer i'll, I'll look up I'll look, i have a i have a an app uh, which is uh, for beer geeks and enthusiasts like myself it's kind of like a oh interesting network. Yeah, it's kind of okay. like a social network where you can uh, basically check in your beers so you remember which one you had and where did you have it and you can <laughs> rate it and your friends can like like it and say, oh, I had it too. So it's it's a bit of like an Instagram thing. It's, it's just like a feed, but it's it's about beers. This app also has a, a function, uh, like a geo geolocation function. So you click on the map. And wherever you are, it will show you the um, the places where you can get craft beer, and that's in that place. I mean, craft beer, or sometimes just just popular bars. Mm -hmm. And I go, I go, I pick some place, I go there, and I try to make friends either with the other guests or with the server, with the bartender, and. I chat to the bartender about beer and about the local stuff. I ask them about recommendations. I ask them about what to do. This is the best thing because, you know, you go to the city, you can read all the Lonely Planets and you can read all the trip advisors, what to do, blah, blah, blah. But you will never get the right information, the local information from the, unless you talk to the people who live there. Mm. So, yeah, so I, I go to a place and I chat to people and I have a little list of things to do. That's that's basically how I plan my <laughs> I mean, whenever I whenever I arrive to a city, I usually don't know anything about it. Like, I mean, well, it depends, you know, if, how big is the city. Yeah, you're a blank slate. You want to discover without preconception. I mean, yes, but it's also not not just not just for that because, I mean, it's not that I don't read online or or whatever. Sometimes I do, but it's just I I don't necessarily am interested in the same things that like regular tourists would be interested in you know i'm not so much on like museums or attractions that people go and queue up for hours to go and and see some rocks or i don't know take a photo with like i i don't really care i mean i i'm not saying that i wouldn't do that sometimes i would do that but i wouldn't go out of my way To be like, oh my God, I have to go and do it and queue up for this for three hours. Like, well, there's so many other yeah. ways to spend your times uh, in when you travel and when you discover a new a new country and new cities. Yeah, and so you mentioned so couchsurfing, of course, which is okay, still very popular, yeah. even if a bit less now. Uh, I mentioned this. How was this beer app called? What's the name? It's called Untapped. Untapped. Okay. Is there other uh, social networks, website, apps, which are really essential for you when you travel? Obviously, Google is, is you know, men's best friends these days, yeah. you know, everyone's best friend. Google has lots of things to help you out from maps and 
basically that's 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 a very very good tool google maps and essential i use booking.com for mm. searching booking.com and hostel world for to search for accommodation however mm-hmm. i try not to book through them i mean if possible because i found out when i was in greece uh, last year after staying in this little family-run hostel that I booked through Hostel World, and you know, I came there, and they're like, oh, "Okay, whatever, no, no, no." And then the owner said, "Like, you know what? Where are you going next?" I said, "To this and this place." And they said, "Don't book anything. Tell them that we sent you. We know them, and they will give you a discount because they rather, you know, have you on the spot without going through mm-hmm. the websites and paying them uh, commission." And it's such as the commission. Sometimes those websites actually hold the money for one or two months until until the uh, until the place actually gets that money. So it is not very good. Like people don't like don't don't really like using it. They just don't really have much of an option because those platforms are controlling the market. So what I do now is I look it up on those. And then when I found a place that I actually like, I will try and see if that place has its own website. Sometimes, let's say a hostel or if it's a small hotel, they have their own websites. They might have their own booking system. When you book through them, you will not only help them uh, not paying the commission and getting their money faster. You could also get a cheaper price because sometimes they would put a higher price on the booking site in order to compensate for the for the commission. So it's not much, but sometimes you can get 10-15% off. And you know, as a budget traveler, every euro is important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which reminds me, for example, when I was in Croatia, like 20, 2018 on a road trip for, on the Croatian coastline, it was a bit the same uh, same deal. Is that in Croatia, all the Airbnb flats uh, that you can find on Airbnb or Booking, they have a blue plaque on the door, you know? So after a while, what we were doing was we were just going, uh, ringing the doorbell and asking, oh, we saw that you have a, a, a room available to rent. Um, is it free tonight? I said, okay, yeah, sure. And we just... Yeah, we we saved a lot of money from booking from yeah, Airbnb. And uh, Joe was just happy to rent the room and not pass by the middleman. Not pass by the middleman. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 it's a win-win situation for you and for the accommodation because especially if you come with cash, that's even better. <laughs> you know, they yeah yeah cash is better. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you travel, what items is always in your luggage? Do you yeah. have something which is which saved your life like so many times. I'm not speaking of the mobile phone. <laughs> no, 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 not on the mobile phone. I think, look, I mean, I'm I'm traveling light. I don't really carry too much with me. I, mm-hmm. uh, except for my, you know, basic clothes and everything. I think an essential for me because I, I'm staying in, in hostels a lot. So I always have earplugs and an eye mask with me. <laughs> earplugs, eye mask. Oh yeah. And and also another thing that I I I had and I actually it already happened to me several times. I keep forgetting it. I I I used to carry a little bit of a camping rope with me, about mm-hmm. two meters. And in order to, I mean, some hostels have cur- uh, privacy curtains. 
and some don't. And it's, it's, it's a little thing that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable when you have at least the illusion of privacy <laughs> when you're staying in the dorm. So this little, this little rope, I would just tie it across the bed and I put some clothes on top of it and I'll put, I'll put my, um, my towel t-shirt yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah. build this little fort around it and it will give me like a little bit of a feeling but the problem is that i always not always but <laughs> already three times i forgot to take it off when i check out and then the next hostel i arrived i was like where's my thing i was like fuck i forgot to take it <laughs> yeah i noticed as well right? the more things you bring with you in travels the more you're going to forget on your way out right And it's true that you always lose something on the way. So the less you take with you, the less chance you have to... Yeah, exactly. ...to, to forget something on the way. Yeah. This is a good idea, this uh, rope. I, uh, totally. I never thought about that, yeah. A lot of people, they they struggle with the hostels because of, of the fact that you got to share and people snore and people, you know, come back at night, turn on the light and blah, blah, blah. And of course, it's very, it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, I used to suffer from that. You know, the first time I stayed in the hostel, I remember that I didn't have earplugs and I didn't any of that. And I was sleeping under this guy who, who was, oh my God, he was like a chainsaw. It was, it was horrible. Like I, I, the first night I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How am I supposed to sleep here? Kept kicking him from, from the bottom bunk. So like he would shut the fuck up, you know? And then the next day I met him and he was like the loveliest guy. And we made, we, we became like, uh, we had like a good connection and went exploring together and it was really, really cool. But then I got some earplugs and that yeah. was, you know, now I can't even sleep without them. I mean, even if there's nobody is making noise, I just put them in because I'm used to it so much. And it's just the silence and they can have a fucking party in the dorm. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, hostels can be can be tricky. And it's true that uh, as we get older as well, we want sometimes more privacy, more quiet. And uh, that's tricky. Yeah. But yeah, hostels, hostels can save your life as well sometimes, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, like... about, it's about, you know, it's a subjective thing. It's about how you create solutions for yourself. I don't think it's necessarily about age. When we age, we become more, you know, we become more particular about certain things. But if you do manage to find solution for those things, so for me, I don't, I don't know. I met many people who are maybe, oh, maybe not twice as old as me, but older than me, 20, 25 years easily, that's still traveling mm -hmm. in hostels. And, you know, they're, they're, they're lovely. I mean, I love meeting the oldies in hostels. And they, mm. they always are very, very interesting conversation partners. Much more than, look, look I mean, uh, it, there is uh, no doubt that hostels are mainly occupied by young travelers. Um, even though it's changing now, I found that a lot of people, middle-aged middle <laughs> people are starting to travel now, much more than before, but still there's a lot of youngsters. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm open to everyone, but definitely I will have less interest in connecting with them than with somebody older than me that I can actually mm. learn something from in their life experience. I don't know if if you have this sensation as well, but it looks like hostels prices are through the roof for the past couple of years. I don't know what's happening, but it's like it's become the quality is just the same, but the prices are just um, price of what inflating. the hostels. 
Sorry? Of hostels? Sorry, I missed the... Yeah, the prices, the price, I feel like the prices of hostel are going through the roof. Hostel was supposed to be cheap and um, helpful, and now they are, the prices are getting uh, absolutely mm. crazy sometimes, yeah. It's, uh, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's supply and demand, I guess, eventually, so... Um, most most of my, my travel this year, I I had a I had a a budget for myself that, you know, like twenty euro per night. I tried not to get over mm -hmm. it, and in many places it was much lower. It really depends where you are. I mean, in in Romania and and in Bulgaria, in Bulgaria there was a hostel which was seven euros per night. That was. I mean, it wasn't very luxurious, uh, but it was okay. It was it, there was a bed, it was clean, and there was a shower, and it worked, and hot water. I mean, you have the. It really depends on your standards, you know. <laughs> I I do I do notice that I do prefer. There's a, there's also there's also now a lot of hostels which are trying. There's a, there's a new. There's a new kind of mm. model to that, so it's 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 something between a hotel and a hostel. So it's kind of like those luxury or boutique hostels where you still have shared rooms, but uh, the facilities are really high class. Yeah. So you have like uh, in-suit bathroom, uh, bathroom and shower, and everything is really new and clean. And I've stayed in a few of these in uh, Spain, actually. There was a really nice one in Malaga, and there was another one in Sevilla. And there is more and more of those hostels, which are basically feeling like hotels. It might be a little bit more expensive and a little bit less social. It's for a different kind of because... public, right? Different kind of audience. Not not backpackers, like old school backpackers, but... I think it's like... I think it's more to make hostels accessible mm. for people who are not old school backpackers. Exactly. Because old school backpackers, they don't care. They'll stay here or they'll stay there, you know, whatever's, whatever's available, wherever they can have a bed and have a rest. It's fine. I mean, if you get, if you get a good price and you stay in a little fancier place, I'll take it. But if it's not that, you know, clean or whatever, but the vibe is good. I would rather stay in a hostel which might not be the cleanest or the newest mm. or the shiniest, but the people are nice and the vibe is good rather than stay in, in a very like polished place where everybody just don't want to talk to anyone. This, this is what I found happens in the like a little bit the upscale hostels where people who stay there, they're usually like, you know, they just sit with their laptops and when they, you're... you're yeah, the earphones in. It's very sterile. There's no community, really. Yeah, it's it it does feel some 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 somewhat of somewhat of sterile. Yeah, but I mean, I'm generalizing. Yeah, because even there, you can try and sort of chat to people and and make some friends. But this is not. It's not the vibe. It's not always the vibe. It's a lot of the digital nomads <laughs> and a lot of the kind of like people who sort of want their own space so yeah it's not exactly it's not super social but again i'm just generalizing not all of them are like that but a lot of them are yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay slava we have uh, one minute 30 left so we are reaching the end of the interview 
just out uh, last question what is what is a dream destination in uh, 30 seconds what what is uh, the the country which you are saving for the right time yes well for that for that i i was just want to say that i i no longer put places on a pedestal and and i i want to visit everywhere and uh, that i have many places where i'm curious about i can't tell you about one place I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Perfect. All yeah. right. Yeah, you just uh, you will find this place when uh, when you arrive there, right? I mean, every place. I mean, I'm I'm more I'm not more about I'm I'm not so much about dreaming anymore. I mean, if I want to do something, I yeah. just go and do it. There's no point of just dreaming about it. If I'm not asleep, so I'm not dreaming. I'm doing it. <laughs> well said. All right, Sava. Uh, thank you very much for for your time and for uh, your wisdom and your tricks. It was my pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much to Slava for his time and generosity with his answers. I am sure you got a lot of ideas and energy for your future travels. Don't hesitate to go check his Instagram account at Perth Nomad Slava. His handle is in the episode description. Go check it out. It's well worth a look. And for now, goodbye and see you in the next episode.